Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Well, it was my birthday yesterday, but that's not why I was not here. I was not here because I was at the media research uh, event in Washington, D.C., their 35th anniversary, even though it was my 65th birthday, and the great Brent Bozell. And uh, it was a fantastic evening by all, and uh, just absolutely terrific. And the person who was honored in absentia, or posthumously, I should say, was Rush Limbaugh. And that's one of the big reasons I wanted to be there, as well as seeing a bunch of my uh, radio and TV buddies and celebrating the Media Research Center all the important work that it does for the mission of this country. And you can go to MRC and you can see so much of the activities that took place there. James Golden there and David Limbaugh, many, many others. My buddy Chris Plant, Larry O'Connor. See, it's bad to go down this list. Then you, 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 forget, you don't mention everybody else. Rick Santorum, Cal Thomas. Mark Meckler, and of course, my beautiful wife and mother-in-law. And there was a, uh, a birthday acknowledgement at the end of the event. I was shocked. Uh, my wife was up to that, and I want to thank her. I forgot to thank her when I was there. I was embarrassed, but I'm thanking her right now, Mr. Producer, on the air in front of millions. As you and I sit here, ladies and gentlemen, but you wouldn't know it from most of the media in America. Oh, they do their hit-and-run stuff, but not much else. 
The people in Iran are rising up again. They're trying to throw off the Islamo-Nazi regime that has murdered so many of their friends and family members, that steals from them, uh, that uh, tortures them in the name of their faith, of course. And um, there are now clashes, Dubai, UAE, AP, between Iranian forces and protesters, and several protesters have been murdered. They capture these protesters, they bring them into the most horrific prisons, and they torture them, and they rape them, and then they execute them. Period. And what you have in Iran is also similar to what you have with Hamas or in the Palestinian uh, territories with, uh, with Abbas, and that is, these are not governments when, of the kind that you and I think of. These are mobsters. And what they do is they split up the economy among their various uh, consigliaries. And they take control of it. And of course, what they fear the most is an uprising by their people. And the Biden administration helps all of them. As the Iranian regime is slaughtering its own protesters, slaughtering them. The Biden regime continues to negotiate with them. And at the United Nations, he didn't say squat when he gave his speech. We're still backing the Palestinian Authority, even though it is a terrorist operation, backed by the likes of Talib and Omar and AOC and other Marxist reprobates in the Democrat Party. I mean, any group that says kill Jews and we'll give you a pension, uh, that sounds to me like a terrorist operation. I want you to be aware of what's going on in Iran. It's getting almost no coverage. This administration reminds me of the Obama administration decades ago, which was silent when there was an uprising of the people again. You can be assured if Donald Trump were president of the United States, he'd be taking full advantage of this and exploiting it, as would Ronald Reagan. Very, very important. But here we are, sitting on our mouths, sitting on our hands, we don't even give verbal support to the men and women in the streets. It's unbelievable what's happened. Unbelievable. I want to talk to you about Letitia James. It's not just a New York story. It's a national story. This is an example of a radical leftist who gets a position of power, as they do in these Democrat states and Democrat cities. Then they use the law as Stalinists to try and destroy people with whom they disagree. Tisha James, as they call her, is a Stalinist, in my view. She's a Stalinist, as is the January 6th committee, a Stalinist operation. And when she ran for the attorney general position in New York, she said things that should have resulted in her being brought up before the, the New York bar, the highest court of New York and its ethics committee. And she should have had her, her license to practice law removed. You don't run for office, ladies and gentlemen, on the... Uh, and the campaign message of targeting an individual. 
That's not what you do. And yet she did it, and did it more than once. And we're going to have her opponent, the Republican opponent on this program, in our number three, Michael Henry, who's neck and neck with her now as Attorney General race in New York. It's very important. It's important because you got to send a message to the Marxists. And this is what she said when she was running, in part, cut one, go. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. I love it. He probably does already. He built his wealth off the backs of New Yorkers. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those transactions have happened here in New York City. Tell this president and every other individual that no one is above the law. Individuals who care about statewide issues are energized. Individuals who care about, again, going after Donald Trump as illegitimate running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. A legal system where even the most powerful in the country cannot use a loophole to evade justice. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done. Mm-hmm. And she should be disbarred. Have any lawyers in New York filed any ethics complaints with the appropriate committee there? And if not, why not? I'm curious. If not, why not? Because you should, in my humble opinion. Anybody listening to this program who is a judge in New York, is the reason why you haven't filed an ethics complaint? Did you miss these these campaign commercials and these news events? No, you didn't. So why are you so gutless? Why are you so gutless? Any real prosecutors in New York who heard what I just played? Is there a reason you're not filing ethics complaints against Tisha James? I'm quite serious. Now, everybody agrees. Everybody, even the Trump haters, even the formal disgruntled Trump employees like Bill Barr, among others, agree that this is a political hit. All of them agree. And yet, is she going to get away with this? She's running for re-election. She did this for that reason, to try and fire up her base. Sort of a New York version of the January 6th committee. Now, here she was at a press conference yesterday. Cut to go. Following a comprehensive three-year investigation by my office, including witnesses, interviews with more than 65 witnesses. Michael Cohen was their main witness, a man who's been convicted on multiple counts of fraud, who served time in prison, who was disbarred and lost his law license who's now on a jihad, a personal jihad against Donald Trump, but sounds like he's completely unhinged. He's their main witness. Go ahead. 
millions of documents that were submitted by Mr. Trump and others. I am announcing that today we are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law as part of his efforts to generate profits for himself, his family, and his company. Now, let me tell you what actually happened. She's attacking them for overvaluing his wealth and the value of certain of his properties in order to get loans. One of the properties is Mar-a-Lago. I read this in the, in the uh, filing, which he values at $75 million, which the Trump organization had apparently valued at $750 million. There is no way that property is worth $75 million. It's a massive estate right on the ocean. It's a historic estate. It's also a business with membership. It's probably worth a billion dollars. Not $75 million. It's not possible. It's not possible. That may sound odd to many of you, but it's true. It's West Palm Beach. It's the biggest property there. You've got many properties there that are going for $100 million, believe it or not, $150 million, $200 million. That's the most viable property in West Palm Beach, Florida, which is has some of the wealthiest people in the world. I'm just giving you an example. Now, I want to ask you folks. When you place a value on your home for tax purposes, the town or the county, they have assessors that go out and check it. When you get on a mortgage, they have assessors that go out didn't you have assessors that checked your house, Mr. Producer? Banks do the same thing with businesses. These are big banks that do a lot of big business for billions and billions of dollars. They're not even going to take the word of Donald Trump's managers and executives on the value of anything. They're going to check it out themselves. But that said, she's way off. Which is exactly why they're not bringing criminal charges. And so much of this is subjective. You might have an assessor who puts a certain value on a property, another value on a property. So to try and criminalize that is outrageous for three years. She's doing this because she's running for re-election. She's in an extremely close race. The polls show she's slightly behind her Republican opponent who will be on this program in hour three. And she's evil. She's a pathetic, poisonous, cancerous hemorrhoid in the body politic. She's evil. She could be a commentator or host on MSLSD or on the Constipated News Network. Cut three, go. The complaint, which all of you should have a copy, is more than 280 pages long. Now, this is typical. I've practiced law for a good long time. 
What they'll do is they'll throw 280 pages at you. In fact, what I have found is the weaker the case, the more the pages. And the reason is to try and create the impression, particularly with you and the public, that there's something very, very serious here. Why do you need 280 pages? You don't. Go ahead. Examples from 23 assets that were grossly and fraudulently inflated. So 23 assets were grossly inflated and fraudulently inflated. No, they weren't. And apparently every one of these loans is a good loan and has been either paid off or is being paid off. More when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Don Jr. will be on this program. Donald Trump Jr. next hour. We will dig into this. And as I said... Letitia James' opponent will be here, hour number three, Michael Henry. He's running for Attorney General of New York. Now, I also want to mention something else. The 11th Circuit Court, a three-judge panel, they always say uh, two Trump appointees and one Obama appointee, they ruled for the Department of Injustice when it comes to the issue of classified documents that the lower court was overruled in that aspect of the lower court's decision with respect to the special master. So the government continue to have access to the classified information and so forth. Not the other information. The master will handle that. And I want to address that when we return, like only I can, of course. And by the way, a killer life, liberty, and live in this Sunday, 8 p.m. Don't miss it. I'll be right back. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today 
at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me show you how dishonest things get. The Trump attorneys have argued, look, we can't go into court right now and make our strongest case on declassification of documents because we cannot show our hand to the Department of Justice should the most outrageous act take place that they indict our client. And so the panel of the 11th Circuit Court says, well, then we have nothing on the record that tells us that this classified material was declassified. And the special master says the same thing, so he will not review the classified materials. There's a piece at PJ Media by Matt Margolis, who's sharp as they come. And it's entitled, DOJ Claims Trump Did Not Declassify Documents. Oh, really? Last week, Biden's Department of Justice claimed in a court filing that Trump did not formally declassify the documents that he had stored at Mar-a-Lago and requested a partial stay of the order to appoint a special master to oversee the reviewing of the documents. On Wednesday, an appeals court agreed and granted the Biden administration access to the documents again. Quote, in a stark repudiation of Donald Trump's legal arguments, a federal appeals court on Wednesday permitted the Justice Department, this is yesterday, to resume its use of classified records seized from the former president's Florida state as part of its ongoing criminal investigation, so wrote the Associated Depressed. The ruling from a three-judge panel of U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit amounts to an overwhelming victory for the Justice Department. Clearing the way for investigators to continue scrutinizing the documents as they consider whether to bring criminal charges over the storage of top-secret records at Mar-a-Lago after Trump left the White House. In lifting a hold on a core aspect of the department's probe, the court removed an obstacle that could have delayed the investigation for weeks. For weeks? Wow, for weeks. The panel argued there's no evidence that any of these records were declassified. Really? No evidence that any of the records were declassified? There's some huge holes in this argument. For starters, Cash Patel, a former top Trump administration official, told Breitbart News in a phone interview in May that the documents were declassified. and He was present for the declassification. And I would add, ladies and gentlemen, he said the same thing to millions and millions of you on my own show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Did he not, Mr. Producer? Quote, Trump declassified whole sets of materials in anticipation of leaving government that he thought the American public should have the right to read themselves, Patel explained. The White House counsel failed to generate the paperwork to change the classification markings, but that doesn't mean the information wasn't declassified, Patel added. 
I was with President Trump when he said, we are declassifying this information, unquote. Now, should the department be so stupid as to charge the former president, obviously Patel will be a key witness. The article goes on. Then there's the fact that on January 19, 2021, President Trump released a presidential memorandum titled, quote, Memorandum on Declassification of Certain Materials Related to the FBI's Crossfire Hurricane Investigation. So clearly there's documentation of the process showing that at the very least, documents related to Crossfire Hurricane were in fact declassified. Now the whole world knows this. Nobody's hiding this. The whole world knows what I just told you. Whether from my show, whether from now PJ Media, whether from Breitbart, whether from Cash Patel, the whole world knows this. And then I have to hear John Thune, one of Mitch McConnell's flunkies, say there's a process for declassification. There's a process for declassification. These Republicans who've been in Washington way too long, way too long, don't even embrace the Constitution. Because Mark's argument has been from day one, you cannot ignore Article 2. The President of the United States is the executive branch. We're actually going to have judges now second-guess that? That if he doesn't follow some bureaucratic process? Then they talk about him stealing documents under the Presidential Records Act. Now, folks, the fact that the Department of Justice pulled the trigger and turned this into a criminal investigation in and of itself is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. It's disgusting. Letitia James, disgusting. January 6th committee, disgusting. Now we have an FBI agent who's come forward, and so they're trying to destroy him. You see, the Whistleblower Act only applies to leftists. It doesn't apply to patriots, like FBI agents who might come forward, and we have one that's come forward, and he's talked to Bongino, he's talked to others. He's come forward, and he said, look, the FBI's put out the word all over the country. You're to classify as much of this stuff as you can as domestic terrorism, if you will. Spread out the data. Figure out some way to link it to January 6th, even though it has nothing to do with January 6th. And then send SWAT teams out. Make examples. This is what your government is doing. This is what the Federal Bureau of Instigation is doing. The Department of Injustice is doing. Then they have this phony January 6th committee. Oh, we've got more bombshells. We're going to get them going. So they've got October surprises they hope to flop out there. Now I read more and more that Donald Trump is leaning against running for president. Whereas weeks ago, I thought he was leaning towards it. I have not spoken to him about this. This is not first-hand information. I'm telling you what I've read. So they are trying to impact and interfere with 
the presidential election process while they pretend to be protecting it. I sure as hell hope you heard my monologue last Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. I hope you did. Very, very important. What this government's pulling, what this prosecutor's pulling in the U.S. Attorney's Office, this guy Matthew Graves, the entire senior appointees at the Department of Justice are utterly and completely radicals. Radicals. Every single damn one of them an Obama retread. They're not driven by what's best for the country or the rule of law. They're ideologues. Just like this slob in the Attorney General's office in Albany, Tisha James. That's right, a slob. So here's two obvious instances, as pointed out by Margolis at PJ Media, where you have one witness who says he saw him declassify and a memorandum dated January 19 where everything related to Crossfire Hurricane, that is the Russia crap, was declassified. What's wrong? Are the three judges on the panel in the 11th Circuit? Deaf, dumb, and blind? You ever see the three monkeys with their eyes covered and... Uh, is that what they are? Apparently. Department of Justice knows this, but they plow ahead. Because they're not about justice. In the least. And then you have the former federal prosecutors. I don't give an S for a former federal prosecutor. There are a dime a dozen. There are thousands of them roaming the uh, countryside. Some are great. Some are not great. And I can't help it if Bill Barr has a... Uh, has a personal grievance against Trump. That's not that's not how I call things. Writes a stupid book. Too bad. Too bad. What does Bill Barr have to say? Who cares? So what did Donald Trump do, according to Cash Patel? Has he been interviewed by the Department of Justice? Not that I'm aware of. Why not? Why not? The memorandum on declassification of certain materials related to the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation. That's the memorandum subject title. What happened to that? Just because it's three judges, that is three lawyers on a panel, doesn't mean anything to me. It just doesn't. I saw how the court and the judiciary failed us in 2020 with serious federal constitutional questions it chose not to take up in the face of a rogue court, particularly in Pennsylvania, but in some other places, too. I saw it. You saw it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans 
about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. I want to stress this Sunday's Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's on at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's a full hour, as you know. It's a brand new program. Some people say I'm the hardest working person in media. But you know what? If you love what you do, it's not so hard. It's a lot of work, but it's not so hard. And we have a crucially important show. I want you to listen to my opening statement. I want you to listen to my opening statement. The Democrats want to talk about race and abortion. So I say, okay, let's talk about race and abortion. And you're going to learn so many things from that opening statement alone. So I don't make this just uh, the typical, you know, let's have a conga line of guests and so forth. No, I don't run the radio show that way, Levin TV that way, or my Fox program that way. But it will be a very important opening statement. Then Kevin McCarthy, who wishes to be Speaker, and we wish him to be Speaker because we need to win the House. He has some very interesting points he wants to make, things that the Republicans are going to run on now. So they've put together what is effectively their own contract with America. And they call it commitment to America. And we want to go through that as well as other questions. And then we have the great Joe Concha. I call him Mr. Media because he knows more about the media than most people. And Joe Concha will be on the program, and he has discovered new things about Joe Biden, and that should be very, very important as well. So I think it's going to be a very powerful program. And look, I know a lot of you still now like to watch football. You can DVR the program. You can set it now, well in advance, I do think it's a very, very important show. And we intend to have, uh, or we will have uh, Don Jr. on in about 25 minutes. And then the next hour, third hour, we will have the person that we hope, who we hope, will defeat Tisha James in the, uh, in the attorney general position in New York. And folks, this is the way we have to fight back. We have to push back. She should have a slew of ethics complaints filed against her by now. That's what the Democrats do to Republican lawyers. And I mean, and and to beat down Trump like this, and then watch these former disgruntled Trump employees to pile on, many of them as grifters writing books or going on The View or whatever. It's disgusting to me. It's the worst side of humanity. The only people who've put out information about the classified documents are the people leaking the information from the Department of Justice. Isn't that amazing? And then you have former federal prosecutors commenting on things they don't even know. They've never even handled a case like this. I remember when I would go on television in the late 1990s, like 98, 99, 
on Fox, on MSNBC, on CNN, and that's when these stations, MSNBC and CNN, were real news stations. And I'd be on these debates. It would typically be two, three, four panelists against me. All of them, former prosecutors, former defense counsels, former this, former that. I was the only one that ever handled these independent counsel cases. They didn't know their ass from a hole in the ground. It just went on and on and on like it does now. I'll be back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381. Anyway, uh, Don Jr. will be on the program in about 10 minutes. Uh, Mr. Producer, we heard from Letitia James. Remember, didn't we seek her out to debate me? Nothing. How about uh, Gavin Newsom? So we've reached out to both, and neither of them have replied, correct? I wonder why. Just a radio host, or as they say, just a right-wing entertainer. They should be able to defeat me in a debate in a second. Why won't they? More than happy to debate them. Josh Hawley today. I should say yesterday. You see, what the left does, what the Marxists do within the Democrat Party, is they populate every aspect of the federal government. What do I mean by that? Why do you think Donald Trump is having to deal with the National Archives through the criminal law process? Because the National Archives triggered it. It was run by an Obama flunky. It never would have triggered it against Obama. And yet, as pointed out on August 17, 2022, by the Daily Signal, which is part of the Heritage Foundation, and I want to salute the Heritage Foundation. It's really very activist now. It fires back. It doesn't just sit there and take it. When President Barack Melhouse Benito Obama left office in January 2017, some 30 million pages of documents from his administration were moved to a warehouse near Chicago that previously was the site of a furniture store. And so what happened? The former archivist comes out and says, they were under our control, there was no issue, but there was an issue. The Obama Foundation announced a plan to digitize all the records ahead of, the, of building the half-a-billion-dollar Obama Presidential Center. The major difference between the Obama Center and previous presidential libraries is that it would be run by the Obama Foundation, a nonprofit established by the former president, former first lady, Michelle Obama. Going back to Herbert Hoover, the National Archives and Records Administration has maintained presidential libraries and records, but not the Obamas. 
Even the New York Times reported the absence of a true Obama presidential library will have the effect of discouraging serious and potentially critical research into the Obama presidency, said David Garrow, a Pulitzer Prize-winning historian and Obama biographer, he told the New York Times. Timothy Naftali, a former director of the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum, said the Obama move opens the door to a truly terrible Trump library. The day after the FBI's raid on his Florida state, Mar-a-Lago, Trump publicly brought up the documents held by Obama. He said Obama kept 33 million pages of documents, much of them classified. How many of them pertain to nuclear? Word is lots. And this prompted the National Archives to issue a statement on August 12th. The National Archives and Records Administration assumed exclusive legal and physical custody of the Obama presidential records when Obama left office in 2017 in accordance with the Presidential Records Act. NARA moved approximately 30 million pages of unclassified records to a NARA facility in the Chicago area, where they are maintained exclusively by NARA. Additionally, NARA maintains the classified Obama presidential records in a NARA facility in the Washington, D.C. area, as required by the Presidential Records Act. Former Obama's no control over where and how NARA stores the presidential records of his administration. But that's not exactly true, is it? No, that's not exactly true at all. Obama did not follow the procedure of past presidents. That's why the New York Times was concerned at the time. And so that's not truthful. They may control them now. They may control them now. But the Obama Foundation had control over the documents. And that's a nonprofit that was set up by the Obamas. And they were placed in a warehouse near where the Obama Library was to be built. So that's not exactly true, is it? And yet, the media ran with that story once the archives put it out. So what does this have to do with Josh Hawley? Well, Josh Hawley questions Colleen Shogan. Who's Colleen Shogan? Biden's nominee to lead the National Archives and Records Administration. And she's been nominated to run it. And who is she? Well, let's listen. Cut seven, go. You wrote an article saying basically that Republican voters are stupid, that Republican presidents deliberately appeal to anti-intellectualism. You, 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 you roll it all up in this thing called Republican populism, yet you're trying to present yourself here as a nonpartisan. In fact, you're an extreme partisan, and your record shows that. You're someone who has denigrated Republican presidents, every two-term Republican president, I think. I, think, I hope I'm not leaving many out. That has since the since the Second World War and their voters in this lengthy article. I mean, I just don't understand if you wrote it. Why won't you stand behind it? Thank you, Senator. I I will stand by my long experience over 15 years of nonpartisan service. You know, this is this is not just a theoretical set of questions, because as you know, we have seen what happens when you have political activists in the position that you are up for confirmation for. And we are living through that as a nation right now. We are living through the weaponization, the political weaponization of the National Archives, the political weaponization of the Department of Justice, the political 
weaponization of the FBI such that half of the people of this country cannot trust those institutions. We're living with a president who calls half the voters of this country semi-fascists who have said that they are a threat to democracy. This is an elected American president who makes these outrageous, outrageous statements. So in that environment, frankly, to have you up for confirmation for this position, which has become very politically charged in a way I lament it should not have been. But unfortunately, the past archivists have done what they've done. The FBI has done what it has done. DOJ has done what they have done. And here you are talking about the anti-intellectualism and frankly, stupidity of American voters. I mean, if that isn't playing to type, I don't know what the world is. I mean, it's basically a self-parody. How can you assure me or anybody watching this hearing, the millions of Americans, 75 million Americans who voted for a Republican in the last election, how can you assure them that you will be truly nonpartisan, given what you have said over a period of years? Yes. Thank you, Senator. I stand by my record of nonpartisan service at the Congressional Research Service, the Library of Congress, and at the White House Historical Association. And I invite anybody to talk to the people that I have worked with for years in my nonpartisan government service. Yes, but we're talking to you, Josh Hawley is, who's increasingly impressive. I don't always agree with him, that's for sure, especially on foreign policy. But he really does lock down here and nail this down. And we all know why that position now, the archivist, is so crucial because it was an Obama political hack archivist working with political hacks at the FBI and the Department of Justice who set up Donald Trump in a way that no president or no official for that matter has been set up before including Hillary Clinton that's the truth and any Republican who votes to confirm her should be thrown out enough of this we should oppose everyone. Biden only nominates people who are as radical and extreme as they come and who will serve not the country, but serve his regime and its power lust. I'll be right back. Mark In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's another something else pure talk is going to give you this month when you switch to pure talk you pay for month one and pure talk will give you month two for free so do this just go to puretalk.com choose your plan then enter promo code levin podcast that's l-e-v-i-n podcast and check out and get your second month free go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin podcast to switch to my company pure talk Well, it's a pleasure to have our buddy on here, Donald Trump Jr. Don, how are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? It's been a while, brother. It has, it has. How's everything going? 
Uh, I'm doing fine. The country's gone to hell. Uh, but, Don, this is what I want to talk to you about. So, Tisha James, as her friends in the media call her, uh, she's filed a very long document that is really grotesque. And I wanted you to have an opportunity to yeah. respond to this since you're named in it, for crying out loud. Well, I, I'm named so much that even after a full day of testimony, when I believe they had 12 lawyers uh, from the attorney general's office, because New York is not going into enough of a hellhole, they needed to have 12 attorneys from the attorney general's office on the other side of the table against me. Uh, this is this is what's going on. I'm named in like the last paragraph of this thing because apparently there was nothing wrong with my testimony. I refuted all of those things. But again, you know, it's a good soundbite to name Donald Trump Jr. So you do that, right? It, it doesn't have to do with the law, right? They can say, uh, well, Trump overvalued the asset in Deutsche Bank, one of the largest financial institutions, just blindly took his word for it. I mean, the whole premise of it is insane. You know, Deutsche Bank lent money to my father. The loans were paid back. They made millions in interest. I'm trying to figure out who's the victim uh, that the attorney general is so zealously uh, trying to defend. Um, you know, they say there were things that were overvalued, but one of the uh, assets, I believe, was the old post office. Our hotel in Washington, D.C. was valued, uh, to my recollection, at $125 million. We sold it a few months ago for $400 million. So mm -hmm. was that undervalued? Do we get some sort of credit for that, or do they only play the sound bites that they magically come up with? Uh, you saw Mar-a-Lago, and Mark, you've been there. Uh, you know, that they said was, should be valued at $75 million. No and yet way. There's a home that sold on the island for $450 million. That's a third the size. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they can make up whatever they want. And because it's New York, there's no accountability. No one cares. Everyone's happy that they're weaponizing these offices. No different than the FBI did when they used the hostage rescue team to raid Mar-a-Lago. Uh, you know, this is just becoming a thing, you know, the guys that, that come to arrest Steve Bannon or you know anyone else like that, they get brought out in shackles, and yet there can be a, a leftist activist that runs over an 18-year-old conservative kid yesterday, and he's out on $50,000 bond despite murdering mm -hmm. a teenager. You know, there is no equal justice under this law. This is Joe Biden's America. You know, if you're a Democrat, that's the, the great uh, pro tip I would give all of your listeners. Just be a Democrat. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to be decent. You don't have to be uh, a good human being. You can actually be a murderer, and it's it's fine. You you can get away with it. You know the notion, and, I, and trust me. And having done uh, you know a full day of testimony with their twelve lawyers, I was almost shocked, uh, Mark, with the attorney general's office how they didn't even have a basic understanding of how these things work. They said, "Well, listen, if you if you value Doral, our big golf club in Miami." If you value it based on the cash flow of the of the golf club, uh, we, it can only be worth this much. In our, I say, well, what if you value it as 640 acres of undeveloped land in Miami, and you develop it as condominiums, which you're able to do based on the zone? Uh, 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 oh, oh, you mean 640 acres in the hottest real estate market, perhaps in the world right now? Uh, you think that's the same as valuing it as a as you know, a golf course where people go to play. They they had no idea, but they, they can selectively choose what they want to use for their soundbite. They know that their friends in the media will carry it. I guess I put up a tweet uh, during her press conference, and one of the reporters even asked the question about uh, about my tweet, and it was like she had marbles in her mouth because she has no idea. Like, you know, what's amazing is even those who don't necessarily like us or my father are sort of saying, like, man, this is pretty ridiculous. Like, if you look at it this way, there's – 
there's no merit to it at all. Uh, but it's insane what they've been able to do. You've seen the videos of her fundraising from these things. It's literally a political stunt to generate attention. You know, she had her failed gubernatorial run, uh, but I'm sure she raised lots of money because she promised them she would do this stuff to Trump, and now she's she's doing it. Um, you know, uh, we may be living in uh, the People's Republic of America these days, and uh, listening to Joe Biden speak, you probably come up with no other conclusion than that's where we're going, but Man, this is scary stuff, uh, and more people need to be speaking up about it. No, it is scary stuff, because if they can do this to you and your family, they can do it to anybody, and they will do it to anybody. She clearly was targeting your father, you guys, your business. This is a joke, and it's not the only joke. I also think what's going on in uh, Mar-a-Lago is outrageous. Uh, to have the National Archivist, who was a lefty, uh, trigger with the FBI and the Department of Justice a criminal investigation to look at this January 6th committee which is just outrageous to look at what's going on in Atlanta I mean uh, Manhattan it's just one slam after another and these are all Democrat controlled entities you know Republicans never fight like this do they yeah well that that's the real problem I mean I, I wish you know the Republican Attorney Generals you know would Go after Hunter Biden or any of the other crooks on the other side for the literal, like, criminal activity that's on video in most cases uh, on his laptop uh, in those states. But we don't, we would, you know, I don't know. We won't play that way. Uh, you know, they have the opportunity to do it. They know they can get away with it in New York. They know they get a jury that's going to be, you know, uh, that loves what they're doing. It doesn't matter if it's legal. They, they don't care. They have everything working against them, uh, against us. Uh, there's no real recourse for us because they're playing with taxpayer funds. So who cares if they're not fighting crime in New York? Who cares if they're not actually doing that? They get to get free PR for themselves uh, while, you know, murder rates skyrocket, while people are fleeing the cities. Uh, they're going, they're turning into literal hell holes. Um, but, you know, they're going to get spent, have 12 lawyers spend a full day in a room trying to get me. And I'm mentioned in like the last paragraph of a 200-page thing because it's pretty clear that after a whole day, they don't disagree with anything I said in all of my testimony. But, you know, yeah, we'll throw his name in there. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter because there's no consequence. There's no recourse for us to really go back against these people. And they're playing with other people's money. So it doesn't matter. They can build their name. They can get some free press. They can do this and cater to their liberal base with other people's money. That's like a win-win. It's, it's the greatest thing in the world for these crooks. It's disgusting. And yet you, much like your father and other family members, you have stood strong. You've kept your chin up. You fight back. You go on the air like on this program, and you and you uh, explain to the American people what's going on. But at some point, it's got to be very depressing, doesn't it? It's just frustrating. I mean, like, we, we got in this, you know, we, we're the first people to go into the White House and come out with less money. Uh, you know, we've been yeah, fighting yeah. these battles. We've spent... Uh, probably hundreds of millions of dollars at this point in legal fees because they can just sue you forever. Notice how, like, even if you look at the stuff that they're saying, it's, it's all like, give me a break, uh, you know, nonsense stuff. But, you know, again, they get their little sound bite, but there's nothing there. Uh, and, and again, because you have no recourse, they can get you to spend hundreds of millions of dollars, whether they win or lose. You know, you still have to spend that money. They could lose everything in the end. You know, they'll get some sort of little slap of the wrist, uh, you know, whatever, like, who the heck knows? But, you know, they get this soundbite that they win. You spend hundreds of millions of dollars fighting it, and you don't get any of it back, even you, even though it's clear to anyone 
even the people who, in this case, it was sort of interesting, even the people who hate our guts are coming out there saying, okay, this is a step too far. Um, mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Even some of the leftists, and, and even judging by the, the Q&A in the press conference yesterday, uh, it was sort of amazing because even that hometown New York liberal media was like, okay, but this seems a little bit ridiculous here, and she has no answer. That's what's even worse. It's like they don't even think like there's going to be maybe some pushback, maybe something. They just go in there, they read their uh, poorly written speech, they say it in front, they expect everyone to give them all the accolades in the world, and when they ask a basic question that you would think if you're going to charge someone like this, uh, they'd know the answer to, but they don't. Don Jr., God bless you, my friend. Founder of Winning Team Publishing, 45books.com. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, my friend. All right, you take care. We'll be back. In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's another something else pure talk is going to give you this month when you switch to pure talk you pay for month one and pure talk will give you month two for free so do this just go to puretalk.com choose your plan then enter promo code levin podcast that's l-e-v-i-n podcast and check out and get your second month free go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin podcast to switch to my company pure talk you're listening to denali the great one. The great one. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. Isn't it funny every time there's these horrific allegations against former President Trump or family members or their businesses or whatever? They're always false. They're always false. Now, I spoke about last hour, or maybe it was the top of this hour, where Obama kept his documents. And yet in the case of Trump, it's a criminal matter because the head of the archives was appointed by Obama. Now they want to put another hack lefty in. And then you have this these cycle of lies and phony pseudo-events endorsed and supported by the idiotic comments of Bill Barr and others. And they're then quoted by news organizations who hated their guts. All right, let's move along here because there is other things I want to get to. You know, the Washington Compost had an opinion piece the other day. It's very interesting to me by David Byler. Who's David Byler? Good question. He's a data analyst and political columnist. Now, this may draw your attention. I think it will. As early voting begins around the country, every political data point would appear to marginally favor the Democrats. Polls suggest they lead ever so slightly in key Senate races and in National House polls. Their candidates are raking in cash while Republicans struggle financially. 
and its special elections following the end of Roe v. Wade, Democratic turnout soared. But one key factor, primary voting turnout, looks better for the Republicans. According to pollster John Covillian, 52% of 2022 primary voters cast ballots in Republican races. 48% voted in Democratic races. That's a good sign for Republicans. High primary turnout signals enthusiasm for the general election. And the party with the stronger primary turnout typically does better in the midterms. We don't yet know whether this pattern will repeat in November, but a thorough examination of the data shows that Republicans do have a primary turnout advantage, even considering Dobbs and the other complexities of this election cycle. Republican turnout strongly in primaries this year. The GOP's four to five point turnout advantage can be measured in several ways. Measured by total votes, the GOP is the strongest it's been in five midterm elections since the Tea Party Revolution. 2010 and 2014, the last two midterm cycles in which Republicans enjoyed a turnout advantage. Voter interest was low, and Republicans won by outmobilizing Democrats. This year appears to be different. Voter interest is high among all voters, and Republicans have a primary turnout edge. The GOP surge is broad-based. In 33 of the states that Colgant tracked, Republicans added votes to their 2018 totals. Democrats increased their vote total in only 16 states. And Republicans saw their largest net gains in populous, closely fought purple states. Seven of the ten states where they gained the most votes feature a competitive senator gubernatorial race this year. Hmm. Put simply, the basic GOP turnout numbers look strong. The complications lurk beneath the surface. Dobbs diminishes, but does not erase the GOP edge. Counting for Dobbs diminishes, but does not wipe out the GOP advantage. Democrats improved in their overall primary turnout in post-Dob primaries, but the Republicans still retained a two-point edge. A roughly one- to three-point edge in the House popular vote would likely lead to a Republican takeover of the lower chamber as well as a few upsets in key Senate races. Republican infighting boosted GOP turnout. Another complicating factor, Donald Trump's continued hostility to the establishment wing of his own party might be muddying the data. Trump in 2021 and 2022 endorsed outsiders against more traditionally credentialed Republicans, effectively waging a series of proxy wars against his party's old guard. This infighting could have had the effect of inflating GOP primary turnout as Republicans tried to work out their differences. But it could also signal disunity in November rather than enthusiasm. There's something to this idea. In states that featured a high-profile clash between a Trump-endorsed and an establishment favorite candidate, turnout shot up in states without a high-profile Trump-endorsee, Democrats had a modest turnout advantage. Now, let me just add my footnote here. That suggests to me that we're in better shape. Because more people will turn out to take on the Democrats than even the Republican establishment. That doesn't mean that the true overall turnout advantage favors Democrats. Trump Trump made vocal endorsements in the most important contests. 
in such states as Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Georgia, and Arizona. If Trump had stayed silent in those races, Republicans still likely would have held a competitive primary and amassed a real of smaller turnout advantage. But Trump's were on the GOP establishment like turnout in pre-Dobbs primaries might obscure the data, making the Republican advantage look a little bit larger than it is. Primary turnout data is hard to interpret. Complete data, for comparison's sake, exists only for the previous four midterm elections, and none of those has featured this level of GOP infighting or a Supreme Court case as explosive as Dobbs. Any forecaster will tell you to be cautious with this data. But even a cautious interpretation of this data suggests a Republican advantage. Polls show Democrats ahead in races for the House and Senate, and Republicans recently lost a congressional special election in deep red Alaska. No, no, no. But they lost it, even though they got 60% of the vote, because Lisa Murkowski destroyed the voting system in Alaska. But by this metric, the GOP has reason for optimism. Optimism. In each state, we use the most accurate available turnout data. In some cases... The most accurate statistic was the total number of voters in each primary. And so they, they looked at each state, and they say the Republicans have reason for at least cautious optimism. Every one of these Senate races where McConnell said there's bad candidates has gotten very tight. In Georgia, Herschel Walker has a slight lead in the latest polling. And my caveat is, don't trust polling. But if you're going to look at the most negative polling three, four weeks ago, let's look at it today. It looks like Mamet Oz in Pennsylvania is right on the heels of Fetterman. They wrote him off. Blake Masters in Arizona has a real shot now. They wrote him off. Bud in North Carolina has a very slight lead in North Carolina. They weren't sure about him. we got to get behind all these candidates, folks, all of them. There's a candidate by the name of Smiley we'll have on next week on the program. She is, what's that? Tiffany Smiley, neck and neck in the state of Washington for the United States Senate. And there are others. These are real battles. Which is why I led the way to slam McConnell when he started putting down our candidates. What kind of Republican leader is this, quote-unquote? Why is he the Republican leader? He's a disaster. But these guys are fighting, and they're fighting hard, and these gals, too. They're fighting, and they're fighting hard, and same with congressional races. Don't lose sight of these House races. They're crucially important. You have these phony moderates all over the place who want you to believe in these districts. If you're Republican or if you're a moderate Democrat, so-called, and if you're an independent, you can rely on them. They're not Pelosi. Every damn one of them voted for Pelosi repeatedly. Every damn one of them. Every damn one of them voted for 87,000 IRS agents. Every damn one of them. Every damn one of them voted for the massive spending bills that have caused the inflation that you're experiencing. Every single one of them. Every single one of them voted against the combustion engine and energy independence. Now, they'll have 15 different ways to try and 
explain it, turn themselves into pretzels, tell you how moderate they are, that this is the best they can do. That's the language of the left when they run for office. They don't all run like Bernie Sanders. They vote like Bernie Sanders, but they don't all run like Bernie Sanders. They lie through their teeth like Biden did. A phony moderate. Unity, you know, stuff like that. Every one of these bastards has to be defeated. Every single one of them. It doesn't mean I like every Republican. That doesn't matter anymore. This is a different type of an election. This is different. These are the enemy. They have embraced American Marxism. They're not playing games. They don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in American history. They don't believe in the nuclear family. They don't believe in capitalism or the private sector. They're marching with their boots, one behind the other. They say different things depending on the constituents. They're very cynical. They think you're stupid. That they all support the same thing. Like this Gosheimer in Bergen County, New Jersey. Complete fraud. They're all over my state of Virginia. They're all over the place. I guess it's my former state of Virginia. But they're all over the place, the phonies. Who want you to believe that they haven't voted the way they voted. None of them, not one Democrat, except on the border of all places, Cuellar, but no others have fought illegal immigration. None of them. None of them have fought critical race theory. None of them have fought the sexualizing of your kindergarten in the public schools. None of them. Now they'll tell you they oppose it. They haven't fought a thing. They want you to be fooled, as they do every election cycle. Now is the time to defeat them. There's early voting in states. Take advantage of it, ladies and gentlemen. Are we opposed to it? Yes. But if it's there, you got to use it. Or you can show up on election day. That's perfectly fine. But maybe you know people. Maybe your father, your mother, your grandparents, maybe they're elderly, maybe they can't get there easily. Take care of them, help them to vote. Come on. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's an another something else pure talk is going to give you this month when you switch to pure talk you pay for month one and pure talk will give you month two for free so do this just go to puretalk.com choose your plan then enter promo code levin podcast that's l-e-v-i-n podcast 
and check out and get your second month free. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Mondaire Jones, who's he? Well, he's another Democrat in New York, and he's had a hearing yesterday. And the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats have to keep lying about January 6th. The only person who died on January 6th was a 14-year female military veteran, a great patriot who committed no act of violence, and she was shot dead in cold blood. And the investigation of the officer who shot her has pretty much been a cover-up. It's a disgusting disgrace. And the FBI rounding up people, many people who were never in the building, who were nonviolent, some of whom were waived in the building, ruining their lives. Here's Mondaire Jones. Cut eight, go. Did I hear, and I think, did you say that the uh, police officer was bludgeoned to death by the crowd at the January 6th riots? I said a police officer was bludgeoned to death. I did not say at the hands of whom, Mr. Bishop. Could we, just Who are you referring to, if you don't mind yeah. saying? And get that information for you in a few minutes. Well, I, I just want to make sure because are, are, are you denying that Capitol Police that at least one Capitol Police officer was was murdered in the in the midst of what happened on January sixth? Yeah, I think I am denying. I mean, here's what I, I understood that there were reports early on that that Sicknick was struck with a fire extinguisher, and that subsequently was debunked as false. He died of natural causes that were not connected to the event. Are we talking about the same person, Sicknick, or are we talking about somebody else? Seriously, I mean, this, this it's a genuine question. Yeah, the, me- no, the medical I, examiner, the U.S. Capitol Police put out a report agreeing with the medical examiner finding the U.S. CP officer Brian Sitchin died Mr. of natural Bishop, well, Just a, a, in a, an initial thought, and, and I know um, that Mr. Roy, you two are an attorney. Uh, Mr. Bishop speaks often about how brilliant of an attorney he is. Uh, you know, we're talking about but for causation of Officer Sicknick's death, and so I, I would hope that you would at least concede at a minimum that Mr. Sicknick died as a result of what happened on January 6th. And, and I'm disappointed if you would suggest otherwise, sir. Well, I, 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 was he, I mean, look, I, I don't think that's correct either, but just was he bludgeoned to death? Is that because I think Ms. Demings was even looking at, we were so devoche between me and her saying he was. I'm, I'm sincere as, as I can be. My understanding is that that was debunked, and, and Mr. Roy just read the medical examiner's information. Yeah, Mondaire Jones doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Now he's trying to split hairs because that's what people do when they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Mondaire Jones is a moron. No police officer was killed on January 6th. None. Maybe he's confusing it with the summer of 2020 and Black Lives Matter. Inflation is hitting us very hard right now. From the gas pump to dining out, I'm shocked every time I get the bill. That's why I'm here to tell you about Upside. Upside is an incredible app for cash back when you buy gas, groceries, or dine out. With every purchase, earn cash back thanks to Upside. You know, my kids eat out all the time and they love getting cash back. More money to spend the next time, right? To get started, download the free Upside app, use by promo code Rewind, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. 
Now, in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Folks, Upside users are earning more than a million dollars back every single week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code Rewind. That's promo code Rewind to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Rewind. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to cry crocodile tears for Russia. Russia that invaded Ukraine, and I guess Ukraine was supposed to surrender. Russia that has been raping the Ukrainian women and shooting their men and children in the backs. Russia that's been targeting the largest nuclear facility in Europe. Russia that signed an agreement in 1994 with the United States, Britain, and Ukraine that in exchange for all of Ukraine's nuclear missiles, it would recognize Ukraine's sovereignty. Now it's time to cry crocodile tears. Putin has been murdering people with whom he disagrees, even in his inner circle. The eighth died yesterday. Fell downstairs, Mr. Producer. The eighth oligarch in a few months. Assassinated. He's got 150,000 KGB type men and women in Moscow alone. To knock on doors to go through businesses, assembly lines, and to pull out people who he believes are not loyal to him. They're calling up more soldiers, don't you know? Men in their 60s? People who are mentally and physically unfit? They need bodies. They need bodies. And through it all, Russia keeps threatening nuclear war. Russia keeps threatening nuclear war. Putin thought that Ukraine would be as easy as the Crimea. Or maybe Georgia. He basically blew Chechnya off the face of the earth. Tens of thousands died. So be it. He just thought he'd roll through Ukraine. But he didn't roll through Ukraine. It's been devastating for the Russians and the Ukrainians. But he watched Biden surrender to the Taliban. And he saw weakness. And he projected that onto the Ukrainian people. But the Ukrainian people are not weak. The Ukrainian people had to deal with Stalin. Then Hitler. Then Stalin again. And now Putin. And now Putin. And the Ukrainian people 
fighting for their homes, their families, and their freedom. And you can see right now, the counteroffensive against the Russians in the East has been devastating to the Russians. Well, you might say, well, they have American military equipment. That's been helpful. But a lot of countries get American military equipment, and they run, showing their backs to the enemy. Here, the Russians are showing their backs to the enemy. Their enemy, our ally, the Ukrainians. Not all, but much of NATO has stood up, particularly the small Eastern European countries that know that they're next. The Balkan states. Poland, Hungary, Romania, all of which used to be controlled by the Soviet Union and were communist against their will. All of them. They don't want it to happen again. Where's the great Russian Navy in the Black Sea pounding away at the Ukrainians? They pulled back. Because the Ukrainian counteroffensive on that shore has been devastating. Took out one of its biggest and newest ships a few months back, you might recall. And we're threatening other Russian ships. Atrocities are being committed and have been committed throughout Ukraine, not in Russia, because the Iranians don't occupy any Russian land. Up to 2 million people have been shipped into Russia from Ukraine by the Russian army, including about 10% of those being children, separated from their parents, sent to indoctrination camps, many of whom are being tortured and raped. I mean, there has to be some benefits for Russian soldiers, right? And so we're supposed to cry crocodile tears today for the Russians at the United Nations where one of our allies after another denounced it. And so Lavrov, who's been the thug lapdog mouthpiece for decades and particularly for Putin, walked out on them. He's a liar and he's always been a liar. But he's so loyal to Putin that he hasn't fallen down any steps, fallen out of a hospital window, committed an act of suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head. He survives, and no doubt he's very, very wealthy, and his family is very wealthy as a result. Russia pretends they want a negotiated ceasefire. Well, what is it offered? Nothing. Instead, earlier this week, Russia announced phony votes that would take place in the areas where it still controls in the eastern part of Ukraine. Votes for independence to join Russia in order to paper over what's taken place and to claim control over these areas. Stalin was good at that. Hitler was good at that. I said early on, about seven months ago when this started, the Ukrainians are not allowed to win. 
They're not allowed to win. That's the view of the Russianoids and the Putinoids in this country, in both parties, and especially in the media. Ukraine cannot demand its land back. Ukraine cannot demand its people back. Ukraine cannot demand tribunals for those who have so horrifically brutalized the Ukrainian people. The Ukraine economies all but destroyed. Its second largest city was bombed to the ground, even though they've retaken it. They have no right to ask for anything. And if you stand with Ukraine against Russia, which has missiles aimed at us, nuclear missiles, and is building more advanced weaponry that threatens our Navy on our own coastline, that is building military bases in Antarctica with China, if you stand with the victim, if you stand with the ally, if you stand with the Ukrainians, you must be a neocon. Or you must support nuclear war. Or you must support Joe Biden. Or you must believe that we can have an open border, but not Ukraine. There's some other asinine incoherence that is burped up by the Tokyo Rose Wing or the Moscow Rose Wing of the media and the political parties. You must be a warmonger if you oppose war. Pretty sick. If a nation keeps threatening us with nuclear war, they're a terror nation. They're led by a terrorist. That's what Putin is. It's a mass murder. Make no mistake about it. They can attack the president of Ukraine all they want. He was actually elected. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In this economy, we all need as much help as we can get. If you own a business, you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, please listen up. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you, too. Go to GetRefunds.com. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Go to GetRefunds.com. Click on Qualify Me and answer a few questions. It's that simple. Now, this payroll tax refund is only available for a very limited amount of time. So check it out right away. GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Ladies and gentlemen, i got to turn on the mic every now and then. It's a pleasure to have Michael Henry here. Michael Henry is the Republican nominee for Attorney General of New York. How are you, sir? Good. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure. We've never spoken before or have met before, have we? 
No, but I've listened to you plenty of times over the years. <laughs> Thank you. Give us, uh, give the people in New York and the nation a little bit of your background because it's very important this race against uh, against the current corrupt Attorney General, in my view. Sure. So uh, basically, I was uh, in the mortgage industry, eventually went back to law school at night, was actually a regional coordinator for the Federal Society, uh, currently own a commercial practice based out of New York City, live in Astoria, Queens, first in my family to go to college. And for me, it was the one-party control of the state, along with the government's disastrous response to the COVID crisis, that made me start to explore this front. And in this state, for the last 20 years, this office has been utilized for one of two reasons. First one is to become the next governor, which Letitia James clearly failed to do. The second one is to weaponize the office against political opponents, which Letitia James is going to continue to do. And I want to restore a level of competency, efficiency, and integrity back to this office where there is none and show the country on November 8th that the days of attorney generals and prosecutors turning a blind eye to crime and using their office for political prosecutions and persecutions, that's going to end. We are going to show the country that those days are over with. That would be great, because you'd be the first attorney general in a long time in that state that actually did that, focused on crime. Is she focusing on crime? No, she's not focusing on crime. And it's not a surprise. Look, when she first ran for the city council, she couldn't even get the Democrat nomination of her party. She's the original socialist. She had a run on the Working Family Party line, which this year, in their questionnaire, said, you cannot accept any changes to cashless bail, nor could you take support from police or correctional unions. And she recently said... As far as the cashless bail, she will not revisit any changes to cashless bail because she needs more credible data. And the problem with that is more credible data means more victims. In New York City alone, we have a 36% uptick in crime, 49.1% in the transit system, 41% rise in hate crimes. Nearly half of that is Jewish New Yorkers. And on top of that, a large portion of it is Asian American New Yorkers. And she sits here not saying anything while... The people of the city and the state live in fear. Criminals do whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want, because if there's no consequence, no fear attitude that's put in place because of politicians like Letitia James that do not care about crime and are more concerned with supporting pro-criminal policies than actually enforcing the law and using the bully pulpit to, put, to push the legislature to make changes to what I consider the most horrible uh, decision of legislation that's ever been passed in the state of New York. And she supports it. So the crime, should mm-hmm. she be reelected, will continue to soar. The uh, hate crimes against Asians and Jews in New York will continue to soar. Uh, does she even talk about these things much in her campaign ads? No, she's pretty focused on her her, her political prosecutions. Now, last week when she saw the poll, she kind of panicked a little bit on social media and is trying to convince people she's going to go after guns and, and uh, gang members, which everybody knows is a joke. She has an anti-police mentality, okay? She's against qualified immunity. She wants to put a de-escalation bill in place that makes it nearly impossible for a police officer to make an arrest. My ticket mate who's running for lieutenant governor literally had a kitchen cabinet thrown on her head during the riots of 2020 serving for the NYPD. And Tish James, she didn't think it was important to investigate who was behind these riots. She actually went after the NYPD and sued them. So we have somebody who's anti-law enforcement, who believes that in all these pro-criminal justice reforms, which are clearly failing the state, and she sits by and does nothing. She doesn't criticize the parole boards. She doesn't use uh, any policy bills or program initiatives to try and make change to toughen the laws. And what she's trying to do right now is focus on one singular issue, and we all know what it is. Who's funding her campaign, do we know? 
Uh, actually, believe it or not, she's not a prolific fundraiser. Um, she, you know, obviously took some money from George Soros. She gets a lot of money from unions, had a, a big uh, Spike Lee fundraiser. And then, you know, she gets some money around the country for some people because she has a little bit of a fan club for people that share her ideology. But overall, she basically, most of her money comes, comes from unions. And uh, interestingly enough, um, one of her uh, donors, who she did take a lot of money from, was actually the straw donor behind the... Uh, that Brian Benjamin indictment, the gentleman that, got in, that was indicted with him, which in January of 2021, when Brian Benjamin was running for New York City comptroller, a story broke. She returned the money. Letitia James kept taking money from him all the way until the date the, uh, the straw donor was indicted federally. And on the day Brian Benjamin was indicted, she had nothing to say. Even though now, the nation the doesn't know who the nation yeah. doesn't know who Brian Benjamin is. Who's Brian Benjamin? Sure. He was Kathy Hochul's first choice for lieutenant governor, who was just recently federally indicted. And Letitia James was the number one recipient of fu uh, funds from the individual he was indicted with. You've got quite a team there. You've got Zeldin running for governor. You've got you running for attorney general. It's really a strong team, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think so, because we also understand the pathway. And in New York, look, I focus on, on what I call three C's. I focus on crime. I focus on corruption, and I focus on the cost of living crisis, and then I also touch on the educational issue because it's very big in the, uh, the more ethnic and immigrant communities in the New York City area. So what we do is we stay on message, letting the people know that we are focused. We don't get off that with these political distractions that come from the Democrat Party when they try to focus on issues that are really not going to be on the ballot this November, and we focus on a pathway where we think we are not only going to win a lot of Republican votes, independent votes. We believe that there are a lot of common sense Democrats that are going to come our way because they want a restoration to common sense this November. And we are optimistic we are going to get a pretty decent amount of Democrat crossover for more moderate and conservative Democrats. Do your polls, to the extent you may poll, I don't know if you do, mm -hmm. show a close race? Yes. I, I, I'll tell you why. Um, we're leading with some key demographics. I'm doing well with independents. I'm doing well with Latinos. I'm doing pretty well with women, and I'm doing very well with suburban voters. And this is something we've been chipping away. Um, so we kind of knew we were going to get to this point. And, Mark, I'm going to be honest. It's not easy because, listen, there's a lot of Republicans out there that's afraid of Letitia James. There's a lot of Republicans out there that are more comfortable fighting a Republican than they are a Democrat. I've been an outsider. I've been scratching, clawing. People need to go to MichaelHenryForAG.com because this is a reality. But like I said, um, this was something early on. People thought I was crazy. And I said, listen, this is not just a win for New York. It's a win for the country. And there's a distinct different pathway this year. And she is extremely vulnerable. She's not the person the media has made her out to be. And she's alienated a lot of voters. And I just always believed we had a pathway. And we're on that pathway to November 8th. Well, you're the nominee, and Republicans need to unite behind all these Republicans, particularly in these blue states and the purple states, or we're not going to win. It's that simple. So Republicans right. need to step up. You may have a difference of opinion here and there. I don't care anymore. I don't care right now. This is different, this election. You're trying to fight for the survival of your state. And she not only goes after Trump. If you're a businessman, you're not going to locate your business in New York with an attorney general like this. Or if you're if you're trying to figure out whether you want to stay in New York, you're not going to stay in New York with an attorney general like this. Are you? No, absolutely not. All right. If people want to help you, Michael Henry in New York and all over the country, where do they go? 
MichaelHenry4AG.com. We need as much help as we could get to finish the job here, Mark. Michael Henry for AG.com, taking on Letitia James. It'll be on all of our platforms. Thank you, sir. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. The only constitutional lawyer you can see today for free. No appointment necessary. Just call him at 877-381-3811. Welcome back, America. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Talib is at it again. At an online forum organized by the American Muslims for Palestine yesterday, she said this, cut 16, go. I want you all to know that among progressives it has become clear that you cannot claim to hold progressive values yet back israel's apartheid government and we will continue to push back and not accept this idea that you are progressive progressive except for philistine any longer except for philistine any longer now she's a jew hater she's talked about this before the apartheid government. You want an apartheid government? So-called, you look at the Palestinian territories, you look at the Hamas, it's worse than apartheid. It's terrorist. But it is Israel, this little democracy in the middle of a hellhole, and they're under attack. And what is the Biden administration doing? What are the Democrats doing? Do they push back against turn? No. No. Not a word from a single Democrat. In fact, most Republicans don't say anything. I say it. Now we have this from the Blaze Media. Courtney Will. Some Orthodox Jewish leaders have cried foul after they say they were barred from attending a White House summit about hate crimes against minority groups. On September 15, the Biden administration hosted a hate crime summit called United We Stand. And though Reverend Al Sharpton originally requested the summit, if their 10 people were murdered in a grocery store in Buffalo, New York back in May, the summit was pitched as a means of publicly condemning hate crimes in all forms, including anti-Semitic attacks. During his speech at the summit, Biden condemned the anti-Semitic bile uttered by white supremacists at the Charlottesville clash in 2017. 
He also claimed that a through line of hate is endemic to American culture and that this hateful American instinct manifests itself in attacks against ethnic minorities, such as Mexicans and Chinese, religious minorities, including Catholics, Mormons, Muslims, Hindus, Sheikhs, and Jews. Despite this profession of support for persecuted Jews, several notable Orthodox Jewish leaders say they were not welcome at the White House event, United We Stand. Orthodox Jewish Chamber of Commerce CEO Duvai Honig said that he attempted to contact administration officials three times to secure his place, but that no one ever responded to his requests. Honig does not believe that the silence he received from the administration was a mere oversight. The question is, is Biden punishing the Orthodox community for supporting former President Trump, he asked. The White House used hate. They used us, our blood. They used our DNA of Jews being persecuted and attacked daily as an excuse to make an event and didn't include Orthodox Jews who were the number one target of hate and anti-Semitism, he said. He's not the only Orthodox Jew who was not permitted to attend the event either. Four Orthodox Jewish journalists from Ami Magazine, and I've been in Ami Magazine, it's a great magazine, say they were similarly denied entry due to, quote, spacing constraints, unquote. The White House claims that there were only 40 press spots available total and that 50 applicants were vying for the 20 spots not already taken by members of the Daily Press Pool. Now, let me put a hold right there. The reason the Orthodox Jews weren't invited is because of the likes of Talib and Omar and AOC and the others. They don't recognize Orthodox Jews. It takes a rare Democrat to recognize Orthodox Jews because politically they're not with the radical left Marxist Democrat Party. And yet they're the ones that are being brutalized in places like Brooklyn where only one person has been charged despite scores and scores of attacks on them. Though it is unclear whether the White House actually denied the accusation that it had deliberately barred Orthodox Jews from United We Stand. According to the New York Post, the White House did point out that Orthodox Union leader Nathan Diamant and panelist Joseph Borgen both attended the event and Rabbi Moshe Hauer was invited but could not be there due to a scheduling conflict. Several other Reformed and Conservative Jews attended the event, including the Jewish Anti-Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt. Jonathan Greenblatt's a fraud and a phony, as is now the Anti-Defamation League. Greenblatt worked in the Obama-Biden White House, for God's sakes. And he's a hack. So, of course, he was invited. He even pushes critical race theory. However, Honig seems to view these Jewish representatives as the exceptions that prove the rule. One person trickled in, he said derisively, in reference to Diamond. He also noted that Reformed Jews are less likely to face persecution because they don't wear the same apparel, as you know. And so you have it. One more? Yes, I think so. These lawsuits against DeSantis on Martha's Vineyard flights, 
from MRC Newsbusters, Jeffrey Clark. A George Soros-funded group is behind a nearly $1.4 million effort to punish Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for shipping migrants to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. George Soros-funded group. How come he's never under investigation? How come he doesn't get the Trump treatment? Immigration activists sued the Florida governor just days after DeSantis took credit for sending about 50 migrants by plane from San Antonio to the liberal paradise island of Martha's Vineyard on September 14. Lawyers for Civil Rights is a radical left group, LCR, filed a be- on behalf of the group Alliance in Americans, a class of affected immigrants, including the immigrants on Martha's Vineyard, according to one of their press releases. Soros-funded Alonza Americas, with a total of one point nearly four million, one point four between 2016 and 2020, according to Open Society Foundation records, that's Soros's group. And the group describes itself as the premier digital organizing site for the Latinx community on its website. Alonza Americas are targeted DeSantis, as you know, in their press release. So, uh, DeSant, excuse me, Soros bankrolls this group, as you know. Um, in January 2020, a Soros-funded group secured a $158 million government contract to help illegal immigrants avoid deportation. Think about that. So Soros is behind his groups are. The lawsuit against DeSantis. We don't have a Soros type, do we? No, we don't. It's really quite sad. And Soros notice escapes all all investigations, whether it's the corrupt Democrat Party media, of course, or the corrupt Democrat Party in Congress. Spreads money around left and right. His taxes are never looked at. Nothing. Because he's the sugar daddy of the Democrat Party, that's why. Now, if you criticize him, a lot of people will call you an anti-Semite because he was born a Jew, but a lot of Jews know better, particularly his role during the Third Reich as a young teenager, which he doesn't like to talk about, of course. But he's hardly a supporter of Jews or Israel or whatever. He is a hardcore lefty who believes America is bad, who believes Britain is bad. He's got all kinds of freaky ideas. He's, in my view, uh, a complete radical kook. And he's made billions and billions. So why not play around with it? Try to destroy societies. Why not? What's he? I think he's 90 years old now, whatever he is. But he gives a lot of money to these radical kook groups. And I smelled a rat. Didn't you smell a rat, these law, this lawsuit against DeSantis? You knew one of these kooks had to be behind it. Well, one of them is. It's one of the groups that Soros funds. You know, just like he funds the kooks at Media Matters, or at least did. I'll be right back. Mark in. It is amazing the ratings we get on Fox. Either Maria Bartiromo, who I adore, I think she's fantastic, 
where my show is number one on the weekend, one or the other. We get almost no promotion. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? They must think we can just do this. It's like on some of our favorite radio stations. We get almost no promotion. But you folks, it's amazing, you Levinites. You'll walk on broken glass to listen to this program. You'll walk on broken glass. You've got many ways to listen to it. But it's an amazing thing. More times than not, we are number one on the entire weekend on Fox. And we, and we don't get a whole lot of promotion. Maybe that's why. But it's the same on some of our biggest stations on radio. I can't help it. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily understand it. But I guess they just figure you're going to show up no matter what. Because here we are. And we are family. And we are the biggest town hall meeting wherever we show up. Whether it's radio, whether it's podcast, whether it's TV. Our podcast is huge. And yet, other than a once a month election special, the podcast reflects what's on radio. And there you are, millions of you. It's fantastic. I'm so blessed and I appreciate it. We don't need middlemen promoting anything. That's what this demonstrates to me. Stacey Abrams. She's at the Ray Charles Performing Arts Center in Atlanta on Tuesday. She had this to say. uh, I want our friends in Georgia to know. Cut 18, go. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of the woman's body away from her. If I understood correctly, she said there is no such thing of a heartbeat in a fetus. Is, is that what she said, Mr. Producer? It's manufactured. Stacey Abrams is sick. She's a nut. There's no such thing. And who's manufacturing it, Mr. Producer? Men, no doubt. White supremacists, I assume. Right-wing Republicans. So they can control women's li- uh, bodies and lives. That's, that's the ticket, you see. No, Stacey, actually there is a heartbeat. The sonograms don't lie. Then jumps in the Washington Compost, their fact checker, whose name eludes me and should. He says, no, actually, she's right. You know, these are electrical. That, that's not really a heartbeat. It's, a, it's an electrical response that's picked up by the sonogram. No, it's not, you idiot. So the Washington Post is all in that that beating heart is not a beating heart. You see, they'll do anything to dehumanize. That's not a baby. That thing you hear? You remember that, Mr. Producer, from your two children? Vividly. It's a beautiful sound. It is a beautiful sound. Now reports out that when you eat certain foods, the baby in the mom's womb actually reacts. And they've done a study of certain foods that the baby doesn't like. So the baby can taste. The baby has a heart. 
the baby has feelings in the sense that it can hurt and be happy. And they want you to believe it's just a thing. It's a, it's a baloney sandwich. There's no big deal. And the Democrats are running on this. We insist, we insist on abortion on demand at the last second. Partial birth abortion. <coughs> no parental notification. We insist, and they hope these suburban women will carry them to victory. We salute all you heroes out there. Thank you. Thank you, Levinites, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless and be well.